Have you hit record, my little chickens? What? Okay, I've hit record. Has everyone hit record? Alright, I'm recording. I have hit record, yes. His levels are so high because they have been smoking the weed drug. <laughs> uh, uh, I, I get it. <laughs> We've got a little bit of background noise, so I was just adjusting my gain. Doesn't help. Make gains. Make fat gains and dirty stacks. <laughs> I will. And then you'll save up enough money to buy the weed drug and you can blaze it. Huh? <laughs> ah? That's right. That's how they talk. How about that? Right. I, I will synchronize this now. Jonathan was on Road Rules Northern Trail in 1998. Since then, he has appeared in precisely zero award-winning TV shows, blockbuster movies, or community theater plays. We are here to fix this. We are here to make Jonathan off Road Rules a star. Boston's favorite son will ride again. <coughs> Fucking hell. All right. Wolf, you okay? I'm fine. I'm all right. Um, yeah. Uh, I, I've I've been a bit poorly, ill, sick, with the bugs and the flus and the sicknesses, and I and my voice is gone. Hmm. And now it's all weird. But I have found that it's not all that noticeable if you talk like that. Wouldn't it be great if you got sick? And lost your voice, and then when you got better, you had a completely different voice. You woke up, and suddenly you sounded entirely different. Welcome, everybody. Welcome, everybody, to the smoke and sex hour. With, <laughs> with me, Crumbly Grundleshire. Mm. What a smoky atmosphere we have here today in the sex lounge. Jonathan, Jonathan Off-Road Rules, how are you feeling today, my, my young boy, my ward? <laughs> like, uh, like Dick Grayson was to Bruce Wayne? Something like so. that, yes. <laughs> You'll be wearing tights anyway. I don't, I don't want to have sex or be, I don't mind smokers, smokers, but, uh, don't seek it out. Over here... In the sugar lounge. The smoke and sugar lounge. Okay. You bring the smoke, I'll bring the sugar. Mmm. Uh, I'm not sure what genre. I'm not sure what genre the smoke and sugar lounge belongs to in terms of radio. Oh, I've got a voice yeah. for radio. I'm just not sure which one. It seems seems like the same genre that the shadow was in. I imagine it's the kind of thing that that housewives listen to in the evening during the nineteen forties in order to get off when their <laughs> drunken husbands lie face dying in the bed, having failed at their marital duties once again. And it is up to me it's up to, it's up to Crumbly Grundleshire. To talk him off. It's very, very, very erotic. It's true. Grumbleshire. It's, it's the middle of the Blitz in World War Two. 
Rationing means you can't get any tights. But don't worry. Crumbly knows Crumbly. how tight you are already. Crum Crumbly? So why don't you sit back and turn the wireless up? While <laughs> Crumbly Grendelshire monologues you to a sticky conclusion. <laughs> I'm joined by Jonathan Off-Road Rules, the most, the most decadent, the most decadent workhouse manager in old London town. What? You're very decadent, I would like to, I would like to have you stripped bare in the smoke and sugar lounge, glistened with coconut oil, Oof. and wheeled around on a banquet table. With little wheels on the legs. And people can eat hors d'oeuvres off your body. Oof. Harry, I'm going to have to get mm. some toothpicks after. Because I'm, I'm covered in body hair. Well, you know what they say. Harry boy, Harry thoughts. <laughs> they don't. Harry <laughs> boy, Harry thoughts. Looking quite good in bicycle shorts. All you're telling me is that with the insulation provided by that hair, we can do hot apps. What are hot apps? Hot appetizers. You know, I said, oh. you know, because, I mean, you know, hors d'oeuvres, they tend to be, you know, cold because they're carried on a tray. But what you're telling me is that we got the heat to have something, you know, like a still warm toasted bruschette, right? Spicy. It's sweaty, too. I'm not. Meatballs. <laughs> we can serve meatballs. No. You know you, what they say. Hot apps, hot ass. <laughs> they don't say that. They don't. I'm People they don't. want to eat sliders off your buns. <laughs> no. No, they're, they're, they're not that hairy, my buns, but they're not hair free. <laughs> yes. Your mildly hairy ass will be a sumptuous snack to feast upon. In the smoke and <laughs> Not very well, Jonathan. It's erotic, sorta. Knowing knowing you are feeling something so much. That people people yeah. are turned on by you in, in a lot of ways. Because you're genuine. They will be after that. How could they not? Someone will be, for sure. Yeah. By the yeah. time they get to about minute six and are thinking is he going to do that the whole fucking time? <laughs> I imagine they are all slick right now. Every single listener is slick. You you, you really uh, onomatopoeia'd that. Yep. Slick. Oof. It's erotic. Um, but for the rest of them who fast-forwarded ahead a bit to see if he really did keep doing it, hello and welcome to Bustard's Favourite Son. I'm, I'm your old pal Jim Starling and I'm... My my voice has gone a bit. Nah, sounding better than before. I think you you made it so bad. Now it's recovered somehow. You like uh, pleasure and pained it like the whole Cenobite thing. I batted it until it was good. I batted it good. Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, what 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 do you want us to do then, Jonathan? <laughs> You've gathered us all here. What do you want? I'd love to just be friends, small talk about this and that, just share experiences, uh, care about each other, empathize, reflect. 
Mm-hmm. You could tell me how your week was. I could tell you about my week a little bit. Yeah, all right, I'll tell you my week. Fucking awful, right? Oh. How about you? How's your week been? Uh, Midland. Been worried about you. Worried about PAX next week. I'm going to PAX East. Got a lot of worries, but uh, generally speaking, things are okay. More, more concerned about you, though. How can we turn things around for you? What would cheer you up this week? Um, I'll tell you what would cheer me up more than anything in the world. Yeah? Would be if I were to turn on the television one day, scroll over to Netflix. Oh, I wonder if they've got any Netflix originals on. Not another murder documentary. I feel like lightning the mood today, Netflix. What else have you got? Oh, Jonathan Off Road Rules has been given a Netflix special because he's famous now. That would cheer me right up. I mean, it's not impossible, but it's not likely. But it isn't impossible. All I'm hearing is that this can happen. Some would call that fucking arrogant, but I like it. We in the PR business call it ambitious. Great, yeah. I I might have told you that some local friends of mine are very ambitious and want me to star in a show called The Silky Wilkins Show. And we shot a pilot and everything. So they've got Netflix in their crosshairs. There we go. I I thought... You were going to finish that word. I thought you said you have some friends that want you to starve. (laughs) And now that I think about it, that is something we could do to raise your profile. Yeah. Get me to starve? Weight loss fads are are huge. And, you know, if if you were to set off a new one, that'd be Mm -hmm. enormous for your profile. Uh... John Lennon, right? He, He stayed in bed to do a protest. He was like, war, right? I'll fucking, he was like, well, I fucking haven't had enough of that. Right, get into this bed, yokel. We're going to sit in here till the, till the war stops. I'm going to shit in this bed if I have to. And then afterwards, I'm going to stand with my hands on a desk like Maggie Gyllenhaal in Secretary. And I'll piss and shit then until war stops. This is John Lennon, the Beatles. That's what he said. Yeah. So this is a hunger strike play. A hunger strike Plus weight loss. All right. Like CrossFit. A CrossFit CrossFit fasting protest against the war, Jonathan. Okay. Okay. The war? Which war? The the Great War of Boston. (laughs) There was a revolutionary war that was around and in Boston. That was 200 years ago. Okay, well then, perfect. That's that's a war we can. That's a war we could easily be against because you know nobody's really that engaged in it anymore. Yeah. I recently, actually, online on uh, Twitter.com, a man accused me of wanting to go back under British rule. Said, <laughs> you scumbag! You probably want to be ruled by the British. Um, so yeah, some people are still fighting that fight in their minds. Okay, okay, we we can work with that, right? So, Jonathan Off-Road Rules has made a decree. I, I have? He's bringing Boston back to the English. No. He's had enough of American, of weak-willed American government, and he wants to go back to good old-fashioned, family-values British tyranny. <laughs> Revolutionary War II, bringing it home. <laughs> It's coming home, it's coming home, it's coming, Boston's coming home. You are going to parade around the streets 
with a bucket on your head for a, for a protective helmet, Union Jack cape, which will flow behind you, and you will hurl eggs at passing buses and people on bicycles until your demands are met and Boston is successfully handed over back to the British where it belongs. Boston can Brexit with us. So I want Brexit and I want it for Boston. <laughs> yes. You're campaigning for a for a Boston a very Boston Brexit. <laughs> uh Wow, I mean... Oh, that means no we need to replace the eggs, because under Boston, under Brexit, we won't be getting any of them fuckers. So it will be small clods of dirt. That's also going to be what you're eating, because under a Brexit Boston, the only currency and food and building material will be small clods of dirt. And I want that back because... Why do I want? Why do I want that? I don't. I don't want know. That. You're you're the one who said you wanted British rule to return. Rightfully, I think you said you wanted British rule to rightfully return, because the current American government is too left wing for you. That's what it, you said. You said that, you that's said how I heard it. Yeah. You said the current American government is namby pamby left wing nanny state. It's about time we had a hard British rule. And an even harder Brexit. <laughs> uh, we're not part of the uh, European Union now. And Boston never will be. See, that's the beauty of all of this. Oh, it's like a pre-Brexit. Pre- Pre-Bortion, pre-Boston next. As, as Britain severs its connection with the European Union, you see, Boston is there to say, hey, what's up? I like what you're doing. Because we want in? Well, here's the thing. Conrad and I are in this scheme for two very different reasons. Conrad's reasoning is that he is a practicing, devout, religious, if I'm being perfectly honest with you, disaster capitalist. It's true. Uh, He's looking to divvy up Britain's public services and then hopefully Boston's public services and sell them off to the highest bidder. Boston is has some fantastic public services. Yeah. Uh, and I, I really think that we, we could uh, get a lot back out of this. Uh, okay. I mean... Very little cost. I, I mean, we figured out how to do it with one guy running through the streets throwing clods of dirt. Demanding Brexit and reunification with um, <laughs> the jolly old England with the uh, Queen's rule. Yeah. So Conrad's in it to mop up public services like a corporate vulture. I'm in it because I want to wear a powdered wig and call myself the Archdeacon of Boston. Two very different philosophies synergizing for a common goal, Jonathan, and that's what we call business strategy. I, I, I intend to hop up and down with a wooden horse, like a horse head on a stick between my legs, and skip around behind you going, I'm the Archdeacon of Boston, and I'm going to tax you. So more taxes. More taxes? I just heard Jonathan off-road rules say more taxes. Sounds like a jolly good idea. (laughs) You there, young boy. I see you've looked at my wooden horse. There's a look at wooden horse tax, don't you know? Give me your phone. Give me your phone. Give me fucking give it to me. And I'll snatch the phone out of the boy's hand and then run off. Ride off. (laughs) 
That's the horse. It's it's a it's a take your cell phone tax. It's so Boston. They call it Taxachusetts here in in Massachusetts. Uh, people think that Boston is already too much like a fancy foppish British aristocracy because there's so much old stuff here. It's some of the oldest. Yeah. So what you're saying is is we could gradually ease this process along. Because the foundation, the bedrock, is already there. Well, people people hate it. People hate Boston. People hate uh, that it's got this reputation. People were hating on me because I said, uh, I did a poll about the Electoral College here in the United States saying, like, I don't know, maybe it's not that good. And the guy was like, the Electoral College fucking rules. We need to destroy those Californian hippie scum. They're not even human. Uh, they're drones. They're NPCs. And that led to him... I just said, you're rambling incoherently. And he said, you probably want to be fucking ruled under the British king. Oh, I see. You told him you told him he was rambling incoherently, but then he dropped you with a, an almighty scalpel of logic that just sliced through the discourse. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I just said, you're still, you're still doing it. Cause I don't know. There was no line of, uh, I couldn't connect the dots. There was no through line. Whose argument saying electoral college good, yeah. Californians are drones and NPCs. Uh, he hates liberals, as you as you might imagine. Well, here's where whoever you were talking to was a fucking idiot, because we've had the same conversation, and I've found a way to get me wearing a powdered wig and stealing cell phones. <laughs> That's true. The other person just left it at rhetoric. What a fool! And he, it was derogatory, too. He thought British rule would be bad. Yeah. And unlike the Electoral College, somehow, somehow that was connected, yeah. He didn't consider what Boston would be like under Brexit, where cell phones would lose all their value so I could have them all. I'll tell you what I'll do with them. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll sell them in a different city. I'll go where there's some actual infrastructure, make a bit of cash myself. Sure, you can drive out of Massachusetts and... 45 minutes from a lot of areas. Who said there's no money in Brexit? There, There's loads of money in Brexit. It's just not for 99% of people. It's it's for people like us who've thought ahead, who are already, who who have their wigs pre-powdered, let's be honest. We're prepared. That's, that's, yeah. We're forward thinkers. We thought forward. Some doomsday preppers have bunkers full of tinned food. I've got a closet full of powdered wigs just waiting for the aristocracy to rise again. Or, even better, for there to be a popular revolution, have all the aristocrats beheaded, and then there's a gap in the market. Boom. And and they'll look around and say, well, we've just killed all the nobles in a glorious revolution. Who's going to be nobles now? Did any of you bring powdered wigs? No? Well, then I guess I'll be taking the mints. Well, I mean, it, the way it works is you now have control over distribution of the powdered wigs in this scenario. That's not true. unlike how Joseph Stalin had control over who was and was not in the party. I seized the wigs of production. Exactly. There we go, you see? Now, people, people say to me every single day of my life, they say, Jim... Boston's favourite son has never taught me anything historical or political. And today I say to those people who have, who have hounded me day and night, I say to them, just taught you, just taught you American politics and the Civil War fiat 
the French Revolution. Thank you. I mean, yeah. They, they, this should shut them up. Should silence the critics at shuffing last. But but you might alienate a lot of people. But politics is a really... It's one of the hot-button topics. makes people uncomfortable. Politics is a serious issue, and it's a very complex issue. And people, people don't give it the time and attention it needs, and they like to boil politics down to sound bites. But, Jonathan, what, out of all of them, what is your number one best politics? Actually, give us your top three. Oof, my, my, my best politics? Um, yeah. Well, just this morning I was talking about how Socialism can be good, but so can capitalism. So why not mm-hmm, mm-hmm. put them together? That's point one. Point two, people are bad. So no matter what, it's not going to work out. Okay. So don't don't worry that much about it. People will, will ruin whatever system you put in place. Which is uh, kind of boxes you in a corner for for anything else, but number three is get out and vote. All right, it's very optimistic. That's a good set of politics. We don't have time for your top ten, but I'm sure they'd all be fascinating. Um, but as far as top three politics go, that ain't bad. That ain't bad. No, I can't. I can't even remember what they are anymore. I just spat them out real quick. I mean, I like the one about people being bad. It gives me hope. They're, they're people, individually, I think a lot of people are good. But when you get people in a group, they get much worse. And then when you get a whole country of them, then forget about it. They're going to do all sorts of stuff. Then you get a disaster, and then you get an opportunity to profit off of said disaster. Right? No, I'm following you all the way down the road. Oh, no, I don't I don't want a disaster. I, I, I want things to get better. I want, I want people to stop being like this. How can we fix them? How can we help them to be... Right, but you you know that that's going to be the outcome irrespective of your desire or intent. So if that outcome is going to result regardless, maybe plan to profit from it. That's all I'm saying. I don't, I don't know. It's possible things will get better. They got better than they were. But you just told me your number two politics was that humans are bad and all of the outcomes are going to be bad human is good like one is good but people in a group i think this might be a quote from men in black actually i might be accidentally quoting tommy lee jones talking to will smith right now incidentally men in black three mm-hmm. is my number two favorite politics <laughs> the one with uh josh brolin playing a young yeah H-A-K. never seen it never seen it <laughs> So what you're saying is you really think that the only solution is for there to be one person. Uh, I think that if everyone thought, uh, not in a group, we can have more than one person, but if everyone really... But one order. Uh, one order? I one, mean... one, one people, one world, mm-hmm. one order. One people? One, one world, order. One world order? Now you're getting somewhere. Tell us about that. I'm, I, I said that with a question. <laughs> Tell you what, right, Jonathan? Uh-huh. Describe to me your perfect Illuminati. <laughs> you mean- Who's in it? What are they doing? What strings are you pulling? Like, if you were Illuminati, what would be your favourite strings to pull? Commerce? The ocean? Uh... 
Not enough people are dealing with ocean policy. <laughs> Pull some maritime strings. Play with the fish. You're, you're, you're asking me if I were the Illuminati or if I could form one and what we would do? Who's in charge of the fish? They are not pulling their <laughs> strings. Think about how deep the ocean is and how many fish are in it and how we are still discovering new ones. Yeah, it's true. What, what the fuck is going on down there? Because the last I checked... Aquaman isn't real. Yeah, Namor the Submariner. Despite what that documentary tries to prove, I'm an Aquaman truther and I say it didn't fucking happen. Yeah, I agree. It's uh, it's known to be chaos down there. Though there is a, a natural order that has developed over millennia. Everything I know about fish government, the government, everything I know about fish government, I know from Sharky and George the Crime Busters of the Sea. Which was a cartoon. Is that real? Yeah. Sharky and George, the crime busters of the sea. Sharky and George. Sharky? They solve any mystery. I think that's how it went. Wow. Sharky and George. One of them was like a blue and yellow fish. The other one was like a big pink thing. And they solved crimes under the sea in the city of Sea Cargo. Huh. Instead of Chicago, you see. Oh, wow. That's pretty clever. It's a play on words. This is like predating A Shark's Tale and Finding Nemo and all that stuff. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. This was when I was a little child, Jonathan. So like Snorks, Snorks era? Maybe. Pre-Snorks? Maybe. I think it's a little post-Snorks. Uh, could be post-Snorks? Yeah, it's like early 90s. Yeah, it could be post. Okay. All right, Sharky and George. God, do you remember, do you remember Snorks? Oh, man, do I remember Snorks. Oh, yeah. The vote leading up to it was bad enough, but when Snorks happened, the racism of a divided nation. <laughs> it does sound like a, a political event. Will we have a deal? Will it be a no-deal, Snorks? It was terrible. Well, and it still feels just like... You know, as the longer the Snorks has dragged on and on and on, it it feels like there's no resolution ever going to happen. Yeah. No, it didn't have a finale, if I remember correctly. The last episode of Snorks is just like uh, Jojo, the Tarzan Snork, who is a double Snork. Yeah. We've probably talked about this. He had two Snorks on his head, so he's especially strong. But people who would make Snork euphemism jokes, like, uh, like they... Uh, had genitals that matched their snork. Thought that he had two penises, and there was a lot of jokes about that on the on the schoolyard. Two penis jokes. But anyway, yeah, it just ends with JoJo like finding his pet octopus or something. The end. So there was never a resolution to snorks. Despite the bizarre adventure. Yeah, exactly. There was a wild adventure that just never came to a conclusion. Yeah, but Jonathan. Yeah. What is your policy on finally dealing with what's going on down there? Oh, yeah. Because we don't know. Anglerfish are eating other fish with wanton abandon. Mm -hmm. Reckless. It's it's just the, 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 the nature of things. It's okay. Is there a new kind of crab down there? One that doesn't need to be near land? A secret sea crab? We don't know. Are you going to go down there and find out? No, there's submarines for that. You should. We should dress you up like a cop and throw you overboard and you can go down there and sort it out. You can be the new Sharky and George, crime buster of the sea. That's uh, dangerous and uh, cold. I do very poorly. In the All cold. right. Well, I'll give you two choices. Yes. All right. 
I mean, really, it's one choice with two options. I'll give you that. You can be the crime buster of the sea, or you can be the nut buster of the sea. Uh, nut buster? Excellent choice. <laughs> so the best thing about the nut buster of the sea is you don't have to go too far out of land. You can actually paddle for this. Okay. I mean, yeah, waist tide probably do it, right? Waist tide do it. What's the uh, what's the premise? Oh, oh, right, yeah, you got to jerk off into the ocean, mate. <laughs> so I'm busting a nut. Yeah, as the nut buster of the sea, sure. I see. Jonathan, the nut buster of the sea. Da-na-na-na-na-na. Jonathan. Uh, public masturbation is not my thing. And it's also a, a, a big scandal. Yeah. It's a big way to lose whatever faith people once had in you. Look, I hear what you're saying, and I, I would love to get a private beach upon which for you to do this. But you're sort of putting the cart before the horse, if you know what I'm saying. Uh, yeah, we need to establish you as a nutbuster before we can dictate where you're busting up. Establish myself as a nutbuster? Nutbuster? <laughs> Yeah. It's, uh, it's not, I mean, it's a given. I think most people guess that other adults masturbate. I think the scientific term for it is science. There's something weird in your neighborhood. He's tugging on his balls. No, buster! See the video. So, this nutbuster <laughs> in this video, a guy is just tugging on his scrotum. Oh yeah, yeah. You'll you'll turn up wearing some oh, brown overalls. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Of course, yes, of course. I'm tugging on my balls. <laughs> You're here to put Boston onion on the map. Boston onion on the map. <laughs> We could tell us more about the Boston Onion. We could make you you the mascot of Boston Onions if you want. The Boston Onion Nutbuster mascot. That's what you're saying. Let's get better and better. Right, so you turn up wearing your brown overalls with with a big zipper in the front. I think you know why. Wearing on your back your protein pack. Protein? And your protein pack. Tugging on your little sack. <laughs> I'm, I'm, t- I'm tugging on my balls and I'm here to let it go. <laughs> Don't cross the streams. So, our, 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 this isn't me. I can't talk about this like it's me. I'll turn up. We'll do this in the mid- <laughs> we'll do this in the middle of the street for maximum attention. Is just the scrotum exposed? Yeah. I've got a real morbid curiosity. So, penis is covered, <laughs> which is good. Oh, well, I mean, here's the thing. We've got two zippers, one for balls, one for, oh. one for your little lad. The, the ball one zipper. is always mm. open, so everyone can see the balls, because it's the only thing I can be bothered to think of right now that can be used to rhyme with who you're going to call to replace that bit of the song. So the balls, are, the balls are off the table. They're off the table, and they're hanging about four foot off the ground. I'm guessing your legs are four feet long. They're not that long. Oh, yeah, they are. So, we'll do this in the street, and you'll, you'll turn up and say, you know, I'm the nutbuster, don't cross the streams. 
tugging on my balls, not buster. Da 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 da. Uh, I can turn up wearing a skin-tight white spandex suit and a sailor hat, and I'll be the marshmallow man, and I'll bend over, and you can go right. I'm gonna bust a nut on his marshmallow ass, and then you'll just you'll just come on my ass in public, and and I'll I'll fall over and go, ah, oh, he got me. It's a fair cup. I'll go to ghost jail now. I can come along dressed in a suit, you know, like a, an EPA inspector and, you know, drag just, you know, just to have some set dressing to end the scene. Yeah. Oh, sure. You, you, you do remind me a little bit of um, when, you, when you're in character, the character from the first Ghostbusters who's busting them, busting their balls the other way. The mean one. The, the guy who works for the mayor. What's his name? Peck? Walter Peck, I think. Yeah, Walter Peck, that's it. You can be like, you can't contain him in here. This is not right. But it's just me holding Jim down. Why am I playing along with this? Well, you'll be playing with something. <laughs> trying to make it trying to make it work, but I can't To be honest, we're all trying to make this work and, and, and we're struggling <laughs> at the moment. I mean I think the larger concern would be if we don't move it along, you will be stuck together because you will have, you know finished all over him and then now you're lent over him trying to hold him down and you know i'm just trying to think about the laundry bill depending on how long conrad takes to turn up and whether or not i want him to take a long time and have asked him to take a long time we may get encrusted (laughs) that's um semen crust you're talking about oh yeah yeah (laughs) certainly sure sure it's not a... It's, not, it's no laughing matter. No, yeah. It's very, very serious. Yeah. I, some people take it pretty seriously, yeah. But uh, it's sexual. It's it's very boundary-breaking. It's very... It's genre-defying. Uh, taboo, you could say. Yeah, all of the things that get attention. All of the things that they'll make a Netflix... Not true crime, but a Netflix documentary about. <sighs> So this is where I, I have so many internal conflicts. The thing is, it would work. Like, I have to admit that other shows like this, there's a show on Netflix called um, My Husband's Penis Won't Fit. You can look it up. It's just a woman calling her friends, being like, it won't fit. My husband's penis. It doesn't fit. Just like a 20 minutes of that. Than episode two, I, you know. I hope that we never find out where she's trying to fit it. Like it, it won't go through this buttonhole. <laughs> yeah, you don't know. That could be a great show. It's a real show. Ah, oh, his penis won't fit too. <laughs> you want to do a sequel? The Cinderella uh, story, right? Where we get different items every week and find out will his penis fit the hole in the middle of a compact disc. Oh. Let's mash that. Let's mash that against his knob. Does that go through, Jonathan? As I look up to you and you look down and shake your head and go, no, no fit. Uh, I mean, if we blurt it out, I guess, and all the money went to charity, it's not impossible to, I mean, do I have to, though? The armhole of this... Barbie doll with an arm ripped out that I found down the junkyard. I think there's parasites in it. Will it fit? Clog, clog, clog. No. No fit. That's you every time. I, I'm i the one who says that. This could be like the a whole new spin on will it blend. Yeah. Will it fit? 
It's the new Will It Be. It's a lot less destructive because let's face it, Will It Blend was all about breaking things. We're all about breaking boundaries. We're all about bringing things together. Yeah, finding out at last where the harmony in the world is. Will it fit? <sighs> this hole I drilled into a pumpkin. Will it fit? Yes. Yes, fit. <laughs> That's you again. You, <laughs> you look at the that? camera. You look at the camera and raise your, your thumb. Just give him a big thumbs up. Yes. Yes, fit. You're, I you might be wondering why you're talking like that. It's because we've dressed you up to look a bit like Conan the Barbarian. <laughs> the uh, pseudo-European uh, muscle man. We're going to call you Barabbas, because that sounds a bit like Barbarian, and I don't think that name has ever been used for anything, ever. So Barabbas. we're going to call you Barabbas. We'll get you, like, a leather skirt, you know, like, with the the leather pleats. Yeah. And we'll do a fun thing every episode where if slash when your penis gets stuck in something, it's like, no, no fit! Oh, God, guys, seriously, no, no fit! Like that. And we'll look all, all look at the camera and laugh and go, ah, ha, 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 free Barabbas. And then we get the fire department down and film them sawing whatever it is off. Wow. A Coke can. We got to saw this aluminium Coke can off the end of his knob. Oh, that's so dangerous. It didn't fit. No, no fit. So, I mean, is there any chance you will allow a Marky Mark in... Boogie Nights style prosthetic, you know, the end scene of Boogie Nights, where I don't have to display my actual penis or put my actual penis anywhere other than around the prosthetic, you know, just a covering there. Is there any chance? Hang on. I'm sorry. You you lost me. What do you mean prosthetic in Boogie Nights? Yeah, that's real. I, it, so I'm told. So I'm told that... Um, that's not. I mean, it, it wasn't Marky Mark's penis. It was Willem Dafoe's penis, but they superimposed it on. But it wasn't prosthetic. Yeah, no, a totally different scenario. Yeah. I heard it was a real prosthetic, that it was molded and uh, sculpted by artists. No, no, no. They It's behind the green screen. <laughs> That's Dafoe? I'm not saying it's a prosthetic penis, but if it is and we find it, then the only question I would have is, prosthetic penis from Boogie Nights! Will it fit? Yes! <laughs> yes, fit! Oh, will my penis fit in a penis? You'll fit inside the penis. <laughs> I mean, I'll, we'll do a whole hollowed out dildo special. This real field jelly 24 inch double ender. Yes! Yes, fit. <laughs> it, 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 if you had only. This helped. handsome Jonah sculpted jelly tongue. No. No fit. A little disappointed. Yeah. Yeah. Because I want it to fit, it sounds like. And I'm, I'm, oh, yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah. I like it when it does fit. And then at the end at the end of the show, you pick up your battle axe and you get to chop up everything that didn't fit. Whoa, really? Yeah. Every at the end of every episode, the barbarian goes into a no fit of rage and starts smashing, going, No fit! No fit! I, the mighty Chungus, demand more! Roll credits. <laughs> I just call myself the mighty Chungus. <laughs> yeah, Chungus Oreo, son of Timothy. And then it just, you know, because it's 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 Netflix, they'll just they'll just binge on to the next one, right? You oh, know, yeah, yeah. so you do a quick little credit thing as you're smashing it up, and then boom, more will it fit. Yeah, I do realize that I've betrayed my own philosophy of avoiding the will it blend route of destruction. 
But it turns out that every television concept ends in destruction of physical property in the end. It is cathartic. But on the plus side, it's all your physical property, Jonathan, because we've used your credit card to buy most of this shit. You get to keep the axe, though, unless I'm borrowing it. So that's what I get out of this is um, a damaged penis and a battle axe. Yeah, but it's a really nice battle axe. And fame, success. Man, you only, your genitals are really, there's something you get from the start. And then <laughs> from there, it's a real, it's a real lifelong journey and doesn't always work out, but you don't want to just haphazardly. There's so many ways this is going to go wrong if this happens. The moment you had one, your penis was in your hands, Jonathan. I do. If that's one thing I know about your life story, I know that to be true. That my penis? What about my penis? That my life story? You've known this about me? Exactly. I've known that your penis is your life story. We'll go with that. That works. We can make that a thing. My penis is, uh... It's been through a lot. Yeah, tell, tell us about the hard times. You know, circumcision and uh, accidental displays that were very embarrassing. This is a real touchstone. I thought he was going to say circumcision followed by accidental circumcision. <laughs> sort, sort of. Sort of. Uh, to the point where you wonder how much is left to take. <laughs> There's an episode of Road Rules about how I won't expose my penis. And it's like a whole plot point. It's like the, the, the 22 minutes. Yeah. People are like, why won't he show me his penis? Then I'm like, I don't want to. And the <laughs> girls are like, I heard he wouldn't show his penis to the guys. Not very cool. Not very inclusive. I'm not kidding. It's a <laughs> and because it's 1998, I'm just imagining like like neon pink graphics on the screen. Won't show his penis. Not cool, bro. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I think uh, Jimmy Ray is. I don't know if you remember him in Three Eleven or in that soundtrack. I don't remember anything? You remember? You remember? Like, wish you would step back from that ledge, my friend. Well, and then they're like, he won't show us his penis. That's Got third eye blind, I think. Mind. Yeah, that's they were in it. We met them. We met the third eye blind. Did a music video. You met the third eye blind. You met the third eye of the blind. We met the third eye of the blind. Uh, very. Very precocious, very uh, playfully bratty, the, the singer. I remember distinctly, outside the Winnebago, said, Hey man, it was really great meeting you. This is a lot of fun. You, you seem like a great guy. And he said, You think I seem like a great guy? I said, Yeah, you're really nice. You're really, really uh, open to working with us, even though we're just strangers off the street. He said, If you think I'm a great guy, then I had you fooled. And then turned around with a flip of his hair, walked into the walked into the night of Toronto or where we were. Not even kidding. It's a true story. Third eye blind guy and me on the streets. Why was that not in road rules? That's why you're not handing out Oscars now. Is <laughs> because they kept things like that off the TV. Yeah, I, I I don't know if the cameras were there. They just didn't think it fit into the storyline it was just me and him so it's my word against his if he ever denies that this happened um i don't think he's very hot right now in fame wise so he'd probably yeah. be be open to any sort of public debate about it if you want to try to set that up i would watch a reality tv show in which the lead singer of third eye blind is trying to be joking 
but comes off as vaguely threatening every time he talks to Jonathan of Roderons. <laughs> there, there's a little bit of that. You can watch that now on YouTube. I believe that episode's on YouTube.com. It's like the third episode or something. Get the band back together. Me and Third Eye Blind Guy. Road Rules Northern Trails Chapter 2. It's just me and him, though. Talking. Yeah. Third Eye reopened. <laughs> There's an audience for that. There is definitely. A, it's called me. Me and anyone who thinks like me. So that must be about 30 people would gather around and watch, watch Third Eye Blind be a bit weird with you. <laughs> Yeah. Netflix. Netflix, I know you're listening. We've got dozens of ideas like this. <laughs> Give us a fucking call. Give us a fucking call. The the McElroy brothers get to be in Troll 2. Give us a fucking call. I'll have him with his pants around his ankles before you can say, oh, I'll have a pipe of Pringles, please. Is that what they say? Don't ask me <laughs> questions. Just pop them off and show them. Show Netflix what we can do. Show them your stuff. Show them your janky stuff. I'm very pessimistic about how much they want to see my stuff. I don't want to show my stuff. Show them your jacked up stuff. <laughs> it's not. It's really mo- moderate. It's really, it's a centrist stuff. It's a Beto O'Rourke stuff. It's really tepid. <laughs> He's getting political today. A little bit. Beto is on my mind. Aren't you feisty? <laughs> Aren't you feisty, you... You squalid little thing, you. Mm. Back in the sugar and smoke lounge. Back in the, back in the smoke and sugar lounge. Oh, yes. Mm. I'm hungry like the Wolfen. Mmm. <laughs> smack, smack, yum, yum. It is uh. Close. I've got a Cheeto and two Dorito 3Ds hiding my naughty bits, if you know what I mean. And what I mean is quite, quite literal. <laughs> you literally do have uh, noisy snack food on your genitals. I've got corn snacks. <laughs> a matter of inches away from the corn hole as I sit here, as I sit here in my jagged cheese. I wonder why hasn't Netflix given us a special yet? It, it's intimate in that you're near me and going to touch me, but it's not sec- sexy, sexual. I'm really ill. <laughs> That's the reason for all of this today. It's good stuff. I'm not saying it's not. I'm just saying that it's it's such a. <laughs> You see? Yeah, it's diseased a little, but it's also very affectionate. It's such a... That's exactly how I describe my penis to people. (laughs) A little bit diseased, but makes up for it in love. It's genuine and it cares, but it's um, it's not well. Red Sam, please will someone take care of my sincere rotting penis? (laughs) Please, please. Will someone, this old lounge caretaker in his dotage, who will look after his... This is like the On Golden Pond, the the, the elder years. He needs yeah. someone to take care of him now. Uh, just mostly the penis. <laughs> yeah, but it comes down to that, yeah, sexual. 
years of maintaining this level of luxury has left me as syphilitic as a medieval king. And now it's time for someone else to provide for you. I used to be... I used to be a man of culture. Now the only culture I have is growing on my penis. <laughs> That's sympathetic. That, that tugs at the heartstrings for sure. I still have my fine wines. And your dignity. <laughs> and above all dignity. <laughs> above, dignity above all else. <laughs> There's dignity. Not right. <laughs> Do you want to, uh, we got some, we got some listener suggestions. Do you want to hear any? Because people are listening to the show. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You've, for some reason, you've been talking to the disgusting general public who we try and foist this swill upon. I love them. Yeah, it's my favorite part. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, somebody wants me to start a, this is Niall the Glen wants me to start a, Housing development called Jonathan's Homes. I don't know where you got that. That's cute. Somebody wants me to be a psychologist. This is big no-no. He wants me to um, give drugs to children, and he wants you to come after them and um, remember that. I don't know. I don't understand that. It's cute, though. Alien Ant Farm. Somebody just wants that back. <laughs> so that's good. Somebody wants me to be Susan Sarandon. It's Pete, Peter, Peter. You, you wants you to be Susan Sarandon. Yeah, just replace her. We've already got a Susan Sarandon. What we need is a Susan Sarandoff. Someone who's the com- the complete moral opposite of Susan Sarandon. The anti-Sarandon. Yeah. Yeah. If she's the one on the nice side of Tommy Lee Jones's lair in Batman and Forevers, right? Then you will be the woman who's on the evil side. Oh, for, right. For the his manky face. Yeah. So, so many characters in that movie. Instead of Sugar and Spice, it's Susan Sarandon and Susan Sarandoff. And then you can be Two Faces Babe. His main <laughs> squeeze. I've always wanted to be someone's main squeeze. Yeah, you'd be a great main squeeze. There aren't enough main squeezes anymore. There are partners, there are, you know, wives, husbands, girlfriends, boyfriends. Um, significant other. Significant other. Uh, that seems to have supplanted the main squeeze. Like, yeah, companion, uh, fiancé, but, mm. but not enough main squeezes. Yeah. What, what, would you consider Harley Quinn to be the Joker's main squeeze, or is she more of a elevated henchman i mean it depends which which era joker we're talking because if he's still got mafia ties she may be his old lady oh right i forgot i still haven't seen uh suicide squad but my understanding is oh fuck knows what's going on in that one (laughs) fuck no fuck knows i've seen suicide squad and i couldn't tell you what the fuck happened in there other than the fact that they licensed a lot of music oh yeah i will be very interested to see how james gunn fixes that. <laughs> i don't know if he will he's uh he's already cutting will smith out of the picture so people are pessimistic now people are so hot and cold on that james gunn 
I hope for the best for him. Jeremy, JD Fuzz wants me to turn my arms and legs into thumbsticks and shoulder buttons and plant a giant face button on my chest and stomach with my nose being the pause button and lay on the floor of a toy store and scream, E for everyone, blood dripping from my flesh, self-made body. My fresh self-made body bottomification. It's a pretty good one. I like the I, I like the notification that it must be fresh. Yeah. <laughs> Sounding yeah. a little Audrey too there, but that I like it. Yeah, it's it's got potential. It'd certainly get people talking, oh, and it's yeah. in my realm of video games that I love. So I appreciate that. Thanks, JD Fuzz, and that's most of them. Yeah, but we got we got some engagement. You tell your friends about the show, everyone. And tell them that you might get talked about in the show. That's what engagement's all about. Yeah. You might get side-eyed in public. How about that? <laughs> How about that? Verbally side-eyed by, by some wankers. We didn't make it one episode of this show before somebody had some public transit awkward moment where they're laughing aloud and someone looked at them. Oh, did people do that? Good. Oh, yeah. Immediately. Good, it's a fucking funny show. <laughs> I tell you what, right? If you're listening to this show right now, okay? If you've been listening to almost an hour and you ain't laughed, fuck off. All right? If you if you've listened for an hour and and made it and not laughed, how how? Well, why are you still listening? They're 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 sticking with it. I mostly feel confident saying this knowing that 70% of the people who started this stopped after three minutes. But right. if you have listened to this and you're like, I d- and I don't find it funny. If you're like sat there, oh, I don't find it funny. I don't find it funny. I probably find something like, I don't know, a comedy that Jim doesn't like funny, right? Mm. If you're one of those, if you're one of those, right, shitheads, right, you can fuck off. And when we get our next Netflix special, you're going to have to watch one of the true crime ones, like the edge that I found in a toaster. I, I think, yeah, I for one, if people like listening to it just because they enjoy us and feel like we're No, friends, you know what, Jim? No, no. They don't have to I, laugh. I, I want your name. I want your name. Whoa. Yeah. You went the whole way through this. and you, I want your name. And then when this Netflix special comes out, right there at the end of the credits, there's going to be a special fuck yous. <laughs> Whoa! Fuck you, credits. Your name. My currency is laughter, and I'm not fucking working for free. Whoa! So shape up, ship out, and if you fucking die, I won't care. <laughs> because they didn't laugh this one episode. Get out of my house! I'm laughing my house. Get out of my fucking house! You've invited, what you've done listening to this podcast is you've invited our house into your head and you're being a rude guest slash host in our head house. Get out of my head house and get it out of your house head, you piece of shit. You want them out of your head in your house. Get out of my head. By the way, your house, not that well furnished. No. I mean, your house is a mess this week. Your house is practically empty. If I moved into your house, which in this metaphor is still your head, I would think it was some sort of, and help me say in this, right? I'm so sorry for what I'm about to say, but it looks like the house of a drug dealer. <laughs> like a crack house? Like a dealer of drugs. I'm not going to say that. That sounds politically incorrect to me. That sounds classist. 
that sounds classist <laughs> against crack users. So I don't use that word. I I I go straight to the source. I I deal with the dealers who are the real scum, especially mine. <laughs> no, no, it's 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 just low uh, quality gear. He always turns up late, Jonathan. You tell me. He's he's not making. He's not in a union. He's got no uh, health insurance. Oh, Lou, Louie in a union? Yeah, I think not. It's hard for those guys dealing their drugs. Very little support. Very little social systems. Yeah, but here's the thing. In the eighties, right? The weed dealers had a chance to unionize. <laughs> they did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They they Under fucking Reagan? took. They took a week's holiday in the Algarve instead. I said, right. You can get a week's vacation in the Algarve, or we'll put you on benefits. And they took the fucking holiday. And fucking, fucking Louis, he thinks that's fine. He's like, yeah, I don't get health insurance, but I get to go to the fucking Algarve. I said, have you ever been to the Algarve? He's like, what? No, I can't afford the ticket. They make you pay for the plane ticket, Louis. Yeah, got fucking screwed. Well, I mean, that's just a rotten deal. All round. Sort of. Fucking drug dealers. They vote against their own interests every time. Why do you think weed's illegal in most states still? It's true. Because they keep... They vote against their own interests. They voted on that. Yeah. All the weed dealers were like... (laughs) Everyone knows weed dealers are the tipping point in most swing states. And they vote against their interests every time. This is a lot. This is a lot. Netflix, this is a conversation we would not bring over to the special... Because it's going nowhere. Well, it's, yeah, it's it's finished. You completed the thought. It's finished. I've closed the book on that. I've, I'm done having that series of thoughts. And now I'd like to move on to my next series of thoughts. Yeah, you deserve it. You deserve a break today. All right, so I'm just going to put away the plan for having Jonathan interview Chapo. Yeah, for now. <laughs> we'll put that on the back burner. Okay. He was the, uh, the cocaine man, right? Chapo? Yes, yes, the recently convicted uh, drug distributor, right, Chapo Guzman. We should get Jonathan to sit on that person's head, and we'll tell everyone, Jonathan's a big deal, he went on Chapo. <laughs> That'd be good, just do a big boo on his head, and then you literally will have went on him. I would love to watch you, Jonathan, take a shit on a dog's head. <laughs> what? Like, dogs are entirely different from drug dealers. I know a lot more dogs, for one thing. <laughs> the, the idea, and, and I, look, I would never advocate doing this in real life. I adore dogs, and I don't think anyone should do a dump on a dog's head. But, Jonathan, you should do a dump on a dog's head. Oh, jeez. Like, get up on a stepladder. The dog sat there, and we've trained it for this. The dog oh. loves it. The dog loves it. Um, and it sat there, and <laughs> you pinch off a loaf. And just do a dump on the dog's head. Uh, I mean, it's animal cruelty. It's not... Imagine! Imagine you on a stepladder squatting, red-faced, squeezing it out. Uh, you do the dump on the dog's head, it falls on the floor, and the dog gobbles it up. Oh, they do do that, don't they? They're totally oh, yeah, yeah. ready to eat the, the feces. This dog I know flimsy. I got him from some guys who are down by the river. And this dog is nasty. That's the only reason I'm suggesting this. The dog's name is Flimsy? Yeah, the dog's name is Flimsy, and it is fucking dirty. You know that Christina Aguilera music video, Dirty? That was written about this dog. 
I don't, regardless of how dirty the dog already is, I don't want to dirty a dog with, with, um, I mean, it's just, there's risks you take in this life. And that's just not the pros and cons analysis. I mean, sharing a room with Flimsy for the amount of time needed to film this is a risk in and of itself. They found new parasites on that dog. <laughs> like evolved strains, like, uh. Sort of, yeah. Like, I don't know what brown crawlers are, but they are all over that dog. <laughs> poor, poor Flimsy. Oh, she can, he or she can get some treatment for that, I hope. It's a she. She. And Flimsy's fucking nasty. <laughs> they've tried, they've sprayed her down, hosed the brown crawlers off her, and I subsequently keep those brown crawlers in a special box. Which I'm saving. It's got a big J on it and oh, the Road no. Rules logo on it. And I keep them in for a very special. It It's in a special shed called the Special Episode Shed. And I pop them in there. And you wake up the next morning, Flimsy has broken into the shed, opened the box, and he's rolling around in the brown crawlers. <laughs> Flimsy loves her brown crawlers, you're saying? Yeah. Yeah. They're like. They are like centipedes, but they smell of dead skin. <laughs> oh, 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 and they bite, I assume. Yeah, if they're agitated. <laughs> they only do it if they're agitated, and they're only agitated if they're on or near most things. <laughs> Brown crawlers. Uh, but here's the thing. After the Netflix special, Jonathan does a dump on a dog's head. The sequel... Jonathan gets his brown crawlers removed will be even more compelling. Even more. Because Doctor, Doctor, so that sounds good, Jimothy Sterling will investigate his friend Jonathan for parasites, worms, and larval infestation. Uh, I don't, so can we, what if we just skip those steps? Alright, we will. (laughs) We will, because I've got to go toilet. I, got, I, I need to go do make my toilet now. <laughs> I need to go do make my toilet, so I'm going to start the podcast. That's Please how we you. keep time on this podcast. We don't keep a regular schedule, but we go until I need to do make toilets. So I need to go do that now. Big boy. Big boy. Big job. I'll miss you. Uh, Did you learn anything, Jonathan, today? I just, not to make it all about me, but I'm picturing... A credits roll on this episode and that Third Eye Blind song playing over it and freeze frames on all of our faces during the moments we shared this week. Well, I, I tell you what, Jonathan, mm. if that's what you want, I probably cannot get copyright clearance to do that for you. So, probably not, no. So there you go. You could sing it yourself. You, but just you for you, trouble. Jonathan, just yeah. for you, Jonathan, I will half-heartedly look into it. Thank which you. means I'll I'll probably ask Justin, and he'll probably say I don't know, and we'll leave it at that. Could he sing it? I'd love to hear him sing it. All right, yeah, Justin, sing that Third Eye Blind song. We're off. Bye. Bye. I wish you would step back from that ledge, my friend. You could cut ties with all the lies that you've been living in, and... If you do not want to see me again, I would understand. I would understand.
Boston's Favorite Son was performed by Jim Sterling, Conrad Zimmerman, and Jonathan Off-Road Rules. Editing and production by Justin McDaniel. The intro music is Freak Out by Chainmail. Road Rules Northern Trail was an insipid show that shouldn't have happened. 